Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. First Timothy. First Timothy. One. First Timothy, Paul's writing to this young lad named Timothy who is positioned in the city of Ephesus. And so if you want to know more about the context of which Paul and Timothy are dealing with, you can read Acts and the chapter, they go to Ephesus, that'd be chapter 16 and 17 in there. And then um, you can actually read the book of Ephesians and Ephesians is dealing with like mega spiritual warfare. So if you look at this right away, Paul is blessing Timothy saying, don't leave. I need you right. to stay because it's real in Ephesus and the kingdom of God is breaking through. And I like that right away in this first chapter, he gives reasons for why Timothy should stay. I wrote them down right here in case you were wondering. Timothy, you need to stay because one, verses three through seven, the people of Ephesus need the truth. Verses eight through 11, because you're going to minister in a hard place. Because God uses unworthy people, Timothy. And so like you might not be capable in your own skill and ability, but God's going to use you. Remember, Timothy, in verse 17, you serve a great God. Verse 18, remember, you're in a battle and you cannot surrender. In verses 19 and 20, because not everybody else does this. They're mm. not doing ministry. And so right away in this first chapter, Paul is telling Timothy, go all in, bud. Yeah. They need you. The warfare is going to be real. And there's a false teaching and there's doctrines that are twisted and messed up and you need to yeah. bring, bring them Jesus. That's essentially yeah. what he's getting at. There. That's right away in the beginning of the chapter of what's going on is just kind of the, the urge, as I urged you, um, went into you and into Macedonia. Um, yes. Verse three. Yeah. So that you may command certain men not to teach false doctrines any longer, nor mm. to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. These promote controversies rather than God's work, which is by faith. So doctrine, real quick, just so you know what that is. Doctrine is basically like your belief system. It is yeah. your worldview. It's the, the filter of which you interpret your experiences. And so for the Christian, we go through doctrine and our doctrine is not something that we just make up today and like, oh, this is what sounds good to me. Right. For the Christian and for the church, there's been a doctrine set in place dating all the way back to Jesus in the early church. Yep. We can go back and obviously read the scriptures and these letters that were written to the early church. But even within church history, you can go back and see how people interpreted grace, how they interpreted sin and heaven and hell and all these things. Mm. And so we stand on the shoulders of people who have held on to the scriptures for thousands and thousands of years, which is so encouraging because it helps you know, like, we're not crazy. Other people who have totally bumped into cultural movements and and uh, doubt yes. and different questions. You're good. Um, this is how they handled the situation. And so when Solomon writes Ecclesiastes, he says, there's nothing, nothing new, new under the sun. Yeah. He's right. Yep. The stuff that we're seeing in, in our culture today, you're like, this is, again, messed up, confusing, and sad and broken. It's been happening forever. Yep. And Babylon and Rome, um, all over the place. And so America is no different than these other empires that have been in the past. Right. And... Uh, He's saying, hey, hold on to sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. Yeah. I like, and the reason why is verse five, the goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and it's this insincere faith. This isn't like, hey, I want to make you look bad. Hey, I just want to prove to you you're wrong. Hey, I want to gain a following. Hey, I want people to know my name. It's yeah. actually love yeah. so that you can come into the kingdom because yeah. we want you to, and the Lord wants you to come into the kingdom. Yeah. And so to do that, you need to know 
that this is not true. <laughs> and people can totally sense the spirit at which you speak. And so there are people who are famous mm. Christians and they're right. famous because they, um, some people call them heresy hunters. They're famous right. because what they do is they spend their time pointing out what's wrong with everybody, else. everybody else. Oftentimes yeah. they're right, but the spirit of which they live their life and they're spending their time doing this yep. is just not enjoyable and life-giving to be around. It's not one of love, maybe. You know? Exactly. It's not one of love. But if you actually willing someone and wanting their well-being, yeah. wanting them to be healthy and to grow, and to, it's going to determine the way you talk to them, mm-hmm. right? If I really want someone totally. to change, I'm going to be tender and honest mm-hmm. and kind. And people can sense that. They really oh, can. Totally. When you make an invitation to faith or to church or to leave an old way of life and do something else, rarely have I seen it work when someone beats somebody over the head with a Bible right. or a stick or something worse. It, it's like... Usually the act of love and patience, gentleness and kindness is mm. usually like what wins people over. Yeah. Because again, when you read this, um, I haven't heard of anybody fighting over myths or genealogies today. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but there are other things that would be considered false doctrine. Like one today is that humans are innately good. Oh, sure. We're not innately good. But when people think they're innately good, that means they believe they have the capability and the power to fix themselves. In their own power, yeah. To fix mm-hmm. other people, to right. put their hope and their identity in organizations mm-hmm. and institutions that can bring change mm-hmm. into the world that will bring everlasting change. Mm-hmm. If only we like elect this person, then everything will be right. They have right, these policies. Right. And what the Bible teaches is that every single human heart is is corrupted tainted. by sin, is tainted. Yeah. And Jeremiah 17 talks about the heart's deceitful above Mm -hmm. all things. And so that's not to be a Debbie Downer. Right. But that piece of doctrine allows us to realign and show us our inability and how much we need God, Mm -hmm. how much we need the Holy Spirit and the word to be a a guardrail, a moral compass and a guide for us as we navigate life. That's going back to the doctrine side of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. I think when you get like the next thing I had written down was like verse eight because it's getting to the law and it says, sure. we know that the law is good if one uses it properly. So an improper use of a law would be to just take your Bible and just start thumping people over yeah. saying you're violating this commandment and this rule and you're a sinner in all these ways. That's being a heresy hunter. Hmm. Nobody wants that. Yeah. But when you use the law to first and foremost, look at yourself, it, it reveals the heart is what it does. Right. It's like, man, just going through the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. envious, yeah, right? Been there and anger and dishonor my parents. Been there. I haven't murdered anybody, like physically kill them. But Jesus takes it further in the Sermon on the Mountains. Like if right. you speak speak hateful language, mm-hmm. you're killing people. Yeah, it's like oh, I've done that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm seeing myself in this list of things, and some of them at least. And you're like, right. man, the law is actually a good thing. Because it is almost like a barometer for where I stand. And without Christ, I'm up a creek. Right. I cannot will mm-hmm. myself, which again goes back against the false doctrine of today. Um, I need the Lord. I need his guidance. Well, and that's what Paul gets to too. Because he's saying like, well, thank, thank God for God. 
Yeah. Because then he talks about he talks about his own life. So he lists this and why the law is a good thing because it exposes ourself to ourself. And then Paul says the exact same thing. So he says in verse 12, I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has given me strength that he considered me faithful, appointing me even to this service. Mm-hmm. Even though I was a blasphemer and a prosecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and the love that are in Jesus Christ. I love that Paul does this because not only is he, so he talks about how the law is good, but then he makes it personal and intimate. And he says, even like to me, so this is my testimony, Paul, even when I was someone who was far away from God and I was someone that was doing things in my unbelief that were violent and that were terrible, terrible things, like the list that he just listed. In the gospel, I'm now appointed and seen as faithful because of who Jesus is, what he's done, and how he's sent me. And I think what resonates with me in that is how Paul's teaching us here what we can do in our own story. So sometimes I think we kind of get mundane and really lackadaisical and um, lazy is just the right word in our own journey. And we forget that we forget anything in the unseen, that there's not even, we're not even, you know, acting in the spirit realm. And we forget all of that. And all we're doing is just plotting and we're in our little, and we're going through the motions, whether it's legalistic or it's just lazy or whatever it is. And Paul, and Paul is saying like, revisit. So like right now in Ephesus, it's chaos and the, and the culture's upside down. And, and you got your nose down on your belly button and you're not even looking around at other people in love to tell them about their unsound doctrine. He is saying like, remember your own story. Look at the law and how messed up you were and where God has brought you. Mm-hmm. Remember that. And then out of that, Act in the act in your positioning. Don't just be lazy in your positioning. You've been given your position on purpose. Yeah. So remember what the purpose was and live out of that. I I love that. I think we don't share our stories enough. I don't think we share our testimonies enough. I think sometimes, you know, there's no power in my testimony. I, you know, my mom and dad, they took us to church, whatever it is. Well, that's all baloney. Because if the Holy Spirit is alive and active in your heart and and you received and responded to a call, then that's a powerful testimony and we need to share it and we Mm -hmm. need to reflect on it. And so I love that Paul did that and that he is saying like, it was me. I'm messed up. I'm the problem. Like, have you seen those little memes and stuff? Like, it's me. I'm the problem. He's saying like the kingdom of God is for me too. I, I am a problem. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Anyway, tangent. And so I think that that's, that's just a piece for us to actually do ourselves also. I mean, it's a gift in the scriptures, but I think for me, it was just a good spot to pause and reflect and think about my wretchedness and the goodness of God in my mm-hmm. own life too. And then Paul just confirms that and says, when you do everything you just said, right, Christ is going to be displayed in your life. Yeah. And that's when the Holy Spirit works and starts touching people's heart in the room and they, they notice this, there's something different about you. Sure. Because Christ is being glorified and you're doing things that are unnatural to the flesh. Something that people cannot do in their own power. Sure. That's what he says in verse 16. Mm-hmm. This very reason I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, mm-hmm. Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and would right. receive eternal life. Right. So if you're able to share your story and your testimony, you're like, hey, praise God. And then he lands the plane here at the end of 1 Timothy chapter 1, renewing the charge to Timothy. Right. (laughs) Because all these reasons, buddy, there's false teaching and you got to give them real teaching. Yeah. No one wants to do this. Don't surrender. You got to stay in the battle. The warfare is real. And this is how he ends. 
Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you. There's a truth telling and a foretelling in the prophetic gifting. So that recalling, you may fight this battle well, holding on to faith and good conscience, which some have rejected and have suffered a shipwreck with regard to the faith. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I've handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. Mm. And so he's saying, Timothy, you're in it, buddy. Keep going. Yeah. And so again, God's placed you right where you're at. Um, for a reason. And uh, we believe that you, when you look at yourself and you're walking this out, living this out yourself, God's going to use you to eventually say, hey, I'm learning right doctrine as I cling to what the scriptures and the church has upheld for thousands of years. And I'm not going to bend my knee to the the movements of today. And in that, God's going to be glorified. And people know, they might buy into some of the nonsense today, but when they go home at night and they're by themselves, they're lonely. They don't like themselves. There's doubt and questions about what is being pushed and taught and shoved at you. And eventually you're like, this, there's got to be more to life than this. Right. And they're going to think of you. And they're going to sense the work of the Spirit in you. God's going to get glorified. Christ is at work because he's on full display. Yeah. And that's what Paul's reminding us in First Timothy chapter 1. Amen. So, hey, thanks for tuning in to today's <laughs> podcast. We hope you'll read this for yourself. And uh, as always, we look forward to joining you on Wednesday as we look at 1 Timothy chapter 3. All right, God bless you and have a fantastic week. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.